I'm Maha Bulanen, and welcome to a new episode of Savvy Talk. A few weeks ago, I interviewed the one and only Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, while in Dubai for Savvy Talk Season 6 Expert Series. We talked about all things culture, content, digital marketing, and you get to hear his take on the rapid-fire do's and don'ts you need to be aware of. We also have a special surprise for you in this episode. I'm giving away one ticket for VCon 2023, which is taking place in Indianapolis, May 18th to the 20th. So here's what you need to do. You need to go to my Instagram and tell me your favorite do and don't that Gary shared in the comments from this episode, and then share that post with your friends and tag me. You'll find more detail on this post. Good luck. I'll announce the winner on April 20th. And now onto the episode. Gary, it's your third trip to Dubai. Why are you here and why do you care about Dubai? I'm here because I want to build businesses and brand in every part of the world. Obviously, um, some places are closer to Manhattan than others. Mm -hmm. So it's harder to get to Asia or the Middle East than, let's say, Europe. Yet, I've been to Dubai more than I've been to my own London office in the last several years because I'm incredibly bullish on the UAE. I'm bullish on the Middle East overall, to be frank. And, you know, I, I anticipate for the next 50 years of my career as I wrap up that those are all going to be 50 years of a lot of growth in the region. And I think a lot of that growth, when the history books write it, in Saudi, in, in Egypt, in, in other parts of the region, a lot of it will link back to the incredible foresight and aggressive entrepreneurial and cultural energy that Dubai brought to the Middle East. And so this is the epicenter, I think, of what has started this modern Middle East. And um, it's clearly, in a lot of ways, the most viable place for me to set up our office uh, for the Vayner X Vayner world. And... Um, yeah, I just want to network and, and create opportunity. So when I met you in 2017, I was like, one of the things, I, one of the reasons I wanted to meet you, I'm like, I wanted VaynerMedia to come to the Middle East because I knew what you did back then, no one was doing. And now obviously marketing, social has evolved so much. You talk a lot about brand being built in social. What are some things that brands in the Middle East should learn how to do that you believe that they haven't gotten it yet or even some in the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, I think like to your point about what we've been talking about, what I've been talking about is people have just not made the commitment to realizing brand is actually built in social. Social by nature allows you to create more creative. When you're able to create more creative, you're able to focus on relevance, not just awareness. I believe every Fortune 500 brand does not have an awareness issue. That's why they're a Fortune 500 brand. They have a relevance issue. How do you make Nike matter to every single person? How do you make Apple, BMW, Prada? How do you make it actually matter? The way you make it matter is by storytelling. The way you make it matter is that story has to hit you. Me, you, Dustin, Mano. We have different things that are going to make us interesting. Yep. Social is conducive to that kind of output. Plus, we now live in a world where the algorithms are rewarding content that is interesting to people. That by nature creates consumer insights. Consumer insights are the starting point to do great work, right? If you know something about what people are already interested in, you have a better chance of making something that they're interested in, thus rendering them 
to do the thing you want them to do. And in the context of this, it means to buy something. So, you know, I think the brands in the Middle East and the world need to make a bigger commitment to output, more volume, more platform strategy, more creative strategy, more cultural strategy. We call it pack platforms and culture. And I, and I think the faster they do that, the more likely they'll gain market share. Um, and I think every brand has to go through that journey. If it's that easy to do, insights are available on every single platform that gives them data about what's happening. It's free. doesn't cost anything to be on any of these platforms. Why don't people do it? They don't know it's true. Their advisors, aka their agencies, are not pushing it on them. The dirty little secret is brands make, you know, agencies make more money selling television and doing programmatic banner ads than they do doing creative strategically for social. So they're not incentivized to. Brands don't know how to keep them accountable. The conversation's not being had at scale. And so private equity backed brands, venture capital backed brands, and influencers and creators continue to do this kind of work and they continue to get leverage and market share. Uh, and you know, I think at some point it will break and, you know, Hulu and Netflix were doing their thing for years, yelling about it, but nobody did anything about it. And then there was a tipping point. And so I think there'll be a tipping point in advertising. And I think we'll be the beneficiary of it. Do you think the influencer game is over? I think the influencer game hasn't started. Really? I do. I think that influencer marketing works incredibly well when it works and that there's more work to be done. And I think it's a game that will forever play out because now humans want to be famous. All of them. Every 13-year-old in the world wants to be a YouTuber, wants to be a TikToker. And that means a lot of them will try and many of them will be successful. Not everyone's going to be Logan Paul and Charlie D'Amelio. Many of them are going to end up being micro-influencers. But if you're a micro-influencer, you could make $70,000 a year talking about pancakes or running shoes or skiing or handbags. Well, that might be a lot more interesting than making $70,000 a year being a lawyer or a, an admin or being a copywriter. And so I think you're going to see the rise of that. And then as brands figure that out, spending $50,000 to make a video that nobody watches is a lot less interesting than spending $5,000 to get an influencer to do something that you guaranteed people are going to watch. And so I think, I think we're just in the beginning of influencer marketing. I want to talk about sports. We didn't talk about it all this week in Dubai. Um, just athletes, brands, entrepreneurship. A lot of people in the Middle East now are paying attention to sports. We see F1 in the region, NBA's coming to the region, UFC's in the region, wrestling's in the region. Why is sports going to be a really good play for some brands for diplomacy and for marketing? And how has that changed in the U.S.? Sports is one of the true religions of our society. You know, there's the religions we all know, and then there's music and sports and fashion. These are religions. These are passion points that are much deeper than other passion points. It's also real-life drama. You know, we love, we love drama. It's why we watch movies. It's why we watch content. Sports is the highest form of drama. It is the ultimate reality TV. It's actually real. Uh, you also have the greatest, when you have the greatest singers in the world, Chris Rock talked about this, I think, yeah. in a stand-up, right? Beyonce is not competing with a better, another great singer. Rihanna and Beyonce aren't trying to knock each other off. But in sports, you have the greatest athletes trying to beat the greatest athletes. It's compelling. And so 
it will forever be and has forever been. The gladiators at, in the Roman Empire in the middle of the arena are still the same. They're just doing different things. And uh, as far as diplomacy, America, Russia, you know, Nazi Germany, you know, hot, like it is one of the great engines for both diplomacy and propaganda. And uh, it will forever be that way. And I think people will continue to use sports as a catalyst to advance their initiatives at a government level. And then on a human consumer level, we will continue to watch. Uh, and it might go from a man fighting a lion to mixed martial arts in a cage, but it will be always the same. Okay, do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts in culture. Do's, talk about things that you care about and you're passionate about and you know. Don'ts, try to jump on trends that you don't care about, but you're doing it because it seemingly is a trend. Do's and don'ts in the workplace. Do, deploy kind candor but also deploy a system that eliminates candor, cancerous individuals. Don't, don't look the under the way when somebody's contributing to your bottom line, but they're destroying your culture. Okay, do's and do's when it comes to social media. Do's, really learn it and do it yourself until you really understand it. Don't, don't outsource it to your 17 year old niece because she's 17. Do's and don'ts when it comes to AI, metaverse, NFTs, new tech. Do's, stay curious and answer maybe every time you hear something new and crazy. Don'ts, use fear to say no and put your head in the sand like you're an ostrich. Gary Vaynerchuk, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Maha. Appreciate it. And there you have it. That's all for Gary's Do's and Don'ts. Hop on over to my Instagram channel on at Mahagaber and tell us what your favorite one was for a chance to win a ticket to VCon. I'm telling you, VCon is going to be out of control. You don't want to miss this opportunity. The only way to get into VCon is if you have an NFT ticket. So this is a special treat for my Savvy Talk listeners. And last year, VCon was epic. We'll be back on Monday, continuing our Ramadan series, inspiring growth with do business. See you then.